Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city it lies for... Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is under my name, Susan Puzio. And we have our website, propheticnews.com. Our two books on Amazon, the Polar White book, which I'm editing or re-editing for a new release. And also our book on Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God, which I will be working on in the next few months to re-edit that and come out with a, a new title on that book. But anyway, and if you want to email me, please email me, susan at propheticnews.com, and I will answer your email, and uh, you can contact me that way. But I'm also I also want to give a big shout-out today to our Brethren in Australia, I saw a very alarming video on Twitter of a beautiful older lady that was just out having coffee, and she's coming out of the coffee shop, and before you know it, there's like six or eight police officers surrounding her, and she's like, well, what did I do? Well, something about she didn't want to show her vaccine status, something like that. She wasn't belligerent at all. She was just shocked the poor thing she's being hauled off and put into a police van paddy wagon and she's saying well what did i do i can i'm going to tell you my name and address what did i do yeah they arrested her so i'm telling you my thoughts and prayers are really going out to the brethren in australia today because it's a terrible situation what's happening and it could it could happen here who knows we're we're seeing the destruction of our society like we've never seen it before and i was just looking at a story too about some railroad cars in california that are full of packages and different things you know railroad cars are used to transport goods and oil and different things like that but anyway these railroad cars were full of amazon packages and ups packages and people are breaking into these railroad cars and you see all the debris strewn upon the street or the area there where the railroad cars are and it's like these smash and grab robberies and i know uh, we have quite a few listeners too that are from south africa and i visited your country in the 1990s and I was well aware at that time even of the terrible outbreak of crime that you all were having, and I, it probably isn't any better now. But we're seeing almost the same thing here now with the total breakdown of society and the smash-and-grab robberies that are going on where people are just going into malls and going into stores with hammers and smashing the display cases, and they're in and out of there within a matter of minutes. And... Nobody's really doing too much about it. And also, they're not prosecuting people for crimes and terrible crimes, too. 
So when you see this kind of breakdown in society, then you can expect anything to happen in any neighborhood. And uh, because you can't, you have to have law and order. If you don't have law and order, you're going to have chaos. And that's just the way it is. This is uh, an audio that I want to play for you today. It's Dr. Walter Martin and a New Ager, Roy Masters, who was doing hypnotism anyway at the time. But I think the subject of hypnotism is very important. And we see a lot of it going on in, in churches today because they use music where you see that they'll use the same song over and over and over and over again. People keep singing the same verse over and over again and then they put people in some kind of a hypnotic state and then after that then they take up the offering so (laughs) so. but we saw a lot of hypnotism in these so-called revivals where people were laying on the floor and acting like animals and uh, convulsing writhing like snakes barking like dogs So what normal person does things like that? You just, you don't do things like that unless you're under the power of suggestion. So, but there's still uh, people practicing today. You can look at Rodney Howard Brown on television and you see him doing these meetings where he walks up and down. He kind of looks like Alfred Hitchcock and he walks up and down. And as he's walking up and down, then people start falling out of their chairs and they start shaking violently or they just start laughing hysterically. So what's that all about? Does, what, does that have anything to do with God? I don't think so. But anyway, to me, it's a form of hypnotism. And I think we'll we'll do some other programs about this subject. But I think you're going to uh, really enjoy this interview from quite a few years ago with Dr. Walter Martin. So enjoy this audio, and we are updating our sound. We're getting some new equipment, and a big shout out to the person that is helping us with that. We're so grateful. We're going to sound better. We're going to grow the audience in 2022. That's my hope, is that we can get more people to listen, and uh, we can help more people. All right? God bless you. Enjoy the program. What were the responses, the relationship between his his mind, his soul, and his... Lancer Man program, and I'm Professor Walter Martins, and tonight we welcome Roy Masters. We have as our moderator tonight for the discussion that Mr. Masters and I are going to have, uh, Rick McIntosh, the program director for KPRZ, as our guest. Rick, would you take over the program at this point so we can begin our discussion? Well, Professor Martin, we are in for an exciting broadcast tonight. We should uh, have just a great time discussing many, many things that uh, we feel are of importance. Our special guest, Roy Masters, who heads an organization called the Foundation of Human Understanding. And Roy has a program that's been on the radio for, what, 20 years now? 20 years. 20 years. Tell me a little bit about the Foundation of Human Understanding, your broadcast, uh, just what motivates you. Well, I mean, helping people motivates me. And believe me, people need to be helped, especially Christians, I believe, today. Uh, Many Christians seem to be in a great deal of trouble with their Christianity. But there's a great uh, need in our society for real answers, not just mechanical, out-of-the-Bible answers or psychological answers, but something deeper than that. And many, many years ago, when I was a young boy, I saw a a demonstration on the stage. It was uh, a hypnotist, you know, mesmerizing a person and making him do very strange things. And just to cut a long story short, I thought to myself, well, there's got to be something to this 
this kind of phenomenon. Maybe you can make people do sensible things. So I studied hypnotism for many, many years, and, and to my great surprise, I discovered that the state of mind that people live in today is one of hypnosis and equivalent to the original sin, the curse that we all live under, the mystical spell of emotionalism and uh, suggestion, the response to lies that every human being on the face of the earth seems to be involved with. And that leads to all the troubles and all the conflicts and the guilts and the wicked things that we do to one another, just as a sort of a, a short run on the way I come across what I'm teaching. All right, and uh, you are currently on the air. How many stations are you oh, on? We're on about 20 stations. About 20 stations, and you're here locally on uh, two stations, I believe. Yeah, KIEV and KTYM. Right. Professor Martin, tell us a little bit about your ministry. You're relatively new on our station, and uh, your name's been well-known throughout Southern California for years. Just uh, give us a little background on yourself. Well, I'm the director of Christian Research Institute, which specializes in the analysis of... Uh, psychic phenomena, non-Christian religions and cults, world religions, uh, and areas generally acquainted with Christian apologetics. The work of Christian Research Institute, as mirrored in the Bible Answer Man program, is to give people reasons for faith, to give answers to questions. And uh, I've been doing this since uh, 1951, and uh, I've been on the air since 1961, and doing various shows, particularly the Bible Answer Man, both in the East and here now in California for the last six years. The principal idea is, of course, to communicate the gospel, to give people reasons for believing it, and also to combat ideas which are contrary to Christianity and give people reasons for not accepting them. So we're involved in both the positive and the negative, the positive of preaching Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, and negatively, I would suppose, in giving uh, answers to objections. And I don't know how you can be too positive in answering <laughs> objections. <laughs> well, I guess that's the purpose of our broadcast tonight. These two gentlemen are here for discussion on the foundation of human understanding. Dr. Martin has raised the question, are the teachings of Roy Masters and the foundation of human understanding compatible with historic Christianity. And uh, that's what we want to discuss tonight. Well, uh, first of all, I want to state that I have listened to Mr. Masters. I have read some of his pamphlets and his books, and I believe that he is completely, unequivocally honest in his motivation and what he says he believes. I don't for a moment mean to imply in our dialogue or discussion or even argumentation should it arise that I question his integrity. I believe he really believes what he has written and what he teaches. Uh, the big question for me, since I get so many questions on the Bible Answer Man at Christian Research Institute, is are these teachings compatible with Christianity? Mr. Masters many times says that they are, and uh, I feel that in a number of instances they are not. I can't be so bad as to espouse Christianity and agree with it. The differences we have between each other, I think, are linguistic. They're a language barrier. And uh, I think I approach Christianity from a mystical viewpoint, not just a sheer abundance of words. I find to enjoy the program. But the responses, the relationship between his, his mind, his soul, and his God, what was the power, the energy that motivated him? What was the difference between Moses the energy force that drove Moses and molded him, and then that which drove Pharaoh. See? Well, we the difference of a motivation, yeah. a relationship. You see, we're talking about a relationship. Here. I, underst I understand one. this, but part of the problem that I'm facing, and a lot of people are facing when they listen to you, 
Roy, if I may call you Roy. Yes, I like that. Uh, is uh, I'll call you Walter? Why not? All right. <laughs> uh, the point that is disturbing me and a number of other people after going through the material is that you punctuate a great deal of your observations mm-hmm. with anti-biblical and anti-Christian comments, which indicate very strongly that what you are doing is not compatible with historic Christianity. I don't know. I don't see that. I, I don't know. I, hear, I really I, don't think you do see it. I know. I, I don't hear myself saying, well, anything anti-Christian. I, um, I'm anti-false Christian. So there's a, You know, there are Jesus freaks, pardon the analogy, but there are people who use Christianity as a way of covering up a multitude of sins. And you can go to a lot of Christian homes today and find out the kids are on drugs and they're pounding Jesus into their head morning, noon, and night until they're turning children against the very things that they're talking about. Yes, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, I don't. No, I'm not saying you do. You as a plural. You don't do that as a general rule. I had a quotation here from one of your tapes, which I just got recently, and I brought the tape along so I'd make sure the context was all right. This is what I'm talking about in reference to conflict with historic Christianity. I quote you. In answer to a listener, no, I don't believe that Jesus is God, and I don't believe that Jesus wanted you to believe that he is God. Oh, that's what I did say, yes. Because if you believe he was God, he couldn't lead you to God. He'd be a man you'd be involved with egotistically, like other men who hold themselves up as God. One of the biggest curses in religion and in Christendom is the false idea that Jesus is God. It is imperative that you not believe he is God. Otherwise, you cannot receive the salvation of God. That's very well said. Believing (laughs) that one is God is tantamount to original sin. Christ didn't exalt himself as God. Now, uh, that's accurate, I Yes, that's right. All right, now, here's the conflict with Christianity right at this point. The core of historic Christianity is the fact that Jesus Christ claimed to be God in human flesh, that he made claim to the prophetic scriptures, that he applied them to himself. He even declared that he was the same being that spoke to Moses from the burning bush. And in John 8:58, Gospel of John, he said, Before Abraham sprang to existence, I am. Now, he well, was, let me just stop you there for a second. Um, I have a different viewpoint to you. And, That's why we're here. <laughs> and and um, you'll find there are a lot of Christians today who do not believe that Christ is God. And, you know, whether it's historic Christianity or not, historic Christianity could be wrong. And just because historic Christianity is historic and we go to school and learn it, could be that we were learning an error. And what I'm trying to say is that each person should be answering this question for himself. After all, it is a very important question that neither you nor me should be cramming down people's throats. All I can say is, I believe this. Well, the Lord Jesus made... It hasn't hurt hurt my Christianity at all. And uh, I don't feel terribly guilty, and I don't feel like I'm going down to a flaming hell because of it. And I sleep very well at night, thank you very much. (laughs) Well, uh, let's put it this way. You and Christ have a very real disagreement, because he claims to be God incarnate, and you say he's not. But, you know, then... And how do you answer the statement in the Bible, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? Because the Trinity, which you also deny on your tapes, teaches that Christ is the second person, God the Son. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to let this one drop because we could talk all night on it. I'd like to speak, rather than to argue Bible with you, I'd like to take this opportunity to express Roy Masters because 
I'm not a Bible man like you are yourself. I'm a man of understanding. And I think it's very important, if we're going to be Christians, to have understanding and not just a bunch of words from the Bible. See, the Bible to me is not holy. Only God is holy. But the Bible to me is not the Word of God. It's the Word from God through His inspired messengers. So, you know, I can, if you pardon the expression, I can take that Bible to the toilet with me and use it the same way as anything else. I wouldn't feel guilty for that. It's the understanding that has awakened in my mind and the bond with that spirit of awakening is what is holy with me. Not the words on the page, not sounds of a language, but what I realize. A friend of mine once said, he said, it's the aha experience. When you understand what words are saying, when you understand what the knowledge is saying, you leave the knowledge behind, you leave the printed word behind, and you have life. The Bible you read says the letter kills. The words on a page, they kill you. If you involve yourself with words, you're moving away from understanding. But if you read carefully the written word with an intention of understanding what it's saying, the language will awaken you to a deep, wordless understanding. And when that happens, there is the beginning of salvation. You begin to be remolded from your mind from within. I am amazed that, uh, well, I think what you're telling me is that salvation does not come through one's personal beliefs in the claim of Christ. It does. I didn't say that. You're not hearing me. No, he has said See? in his writings that he believes in the vicarious sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world. The problem that he's facing is that he doesn't believe Jesus Christ is who he said he was. That's his problem. Right. And that's part of the problem we have uh, when I read you that no, I believe before. he No, I believe he was once sent by God to reconcile man to God. The original sin of man was disbelief. And God made his word known, his command to Adam's mind, known by means of a tree. And the tree was the knowledge of good and evil. Now, what does this mean in terms of what's happening today in our lives? Knowledge, the knowledge of good, for example, that we find in the Bible, that's knowledge, words. Understanding is different from knowledge. Understanding is wordless. It's in our mind talking to us but wordlessly. We have, we have a basic problem, Roy. Huh? That is, if words don't mean anything. They do. But according to what you said a moment ago, uh, the Bible could be taken to the bathroom and used as toilet paper from right. the standpoint of words. It's not a really holy thing. Right, now, I would like to ask you a question. How would you communicate to me the fact that there is any meaning in your books or your tapes? None of those things are holy either. Unless, wait a minute, unless the concept is expressed in words. Well, look, we're not arguing with that. But you see, what you don't see, uh, Walter, or what I'm trying to get you to see, is that the original sin is to fall to language. You see, if you study... I thought it was to rebel against God. Ah, yes, but it's all contained in that. See, because God made his will known by the means of a tree, the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. There seemed to be something in knowledge that could make one a god. And it is our obsession with knowledge, whether it's knowledge of a Bible, knowledge to be religious, knowledge to be scientific, to be educated, knowledge of anything that separates us from understanding. This is what's wrong with the world today. People are obsessed with knowledge. And knowledge, when we study it and absorb ourselves in it, like uh, you'll find um, the cults, you'll find um, Mao Zedong with his little red book. If you want to hypnotize a person and you want to control them, you do it by forcing them to read or to study or tempting them to be prideful, to make something of themselves. 
and obsessing them with the learning. So that by learning, they separate themselves from the godly understanding, and you destroy the selfhood of that individual. You see, language here is confusing, Roy, because... Not to me, it isn't. Well, it's very confusing to me, because in dealing with your writings and with your material, you will deny the Trinity, you will attack the Jesus freaks, you will class Christ with Buddha. No, Uh, I don't. Oh, yes, you do. No, Uh, I don't. Uh, but you're missing my point, though. You are missing the point. But if you, I make. want to be sure I got you right, because if, if I'm mistaken, I certainly don't want to quote it incorrectly. But, um, quote, For the time being, don't call upon a name that you have been educated to accept, or else you may revive a conditioned reflex response towards... Oh, that's in my meditation. Yeah, yeah that's right. The God, Jesus, and Buddha that you may have accepted via brainwashing is not the real one. That's very true. Many of us have accepted a Holy Spirit in a moment of excitement, but it turned out to be the unholy one instead. By him you justified every sin while you got worse. Close quote. My my question here is, uh, the God, Jesus, and Buddha that you have accepted via brainwashing. I haven't accepted Jesus. Well, I'm speaking to a broad number of people. I'm not only speaking to Christians there. You see, it ties very closely to what I was just saying. There are two Jesuses. There are well, even quite a number of them. Well, there are two basic ones. The one that hangs on a cross in a church. The one that's conjured up by an exciting preacher using emotionalism and hypnotic pressure. And the real one. And for the most part, when we are excited to accept the Jesus via a photograph, by an impression made by a preacher, we've only been hypnotically impressed to accept an idea that we've accepted Jesus. And we're so caught up in the idea, hypnotically, with the word Jesus attached to it, that sometimes we think we're saved. In other words, the relief of guilt, which hypnosis produces, synonymous with the sound Jesus, makes us think that we're saved. And in my meditations that I teach people, I teach people to be very careful upon uh, reviving those ancient conditionings, because it will preclude the real experience deep inside the spirit. I don't know if that you got my point. I understand what you're talking about. The problem that we face and the problem of listening to the tape and of your radio broadcast is some of the language you use. Now, before the broadcast, you said that I should ask you I think I'm getting used to relative uh, to your words. So maybe you can uh, give me a couple of explanations. Walter, do you see the difference between accepting an idea hypnotically, believing something through suggestion, hypnotic suggestion, and really receiving it because it's revealed in your mind because you're standing apart from emotion standing apart from the stains of culture and conditioning but can prim- you see that yeah, difference? but primarily but can you see the difference i know what you're talking about but i have to go back again to the position of historic christianity and i can't believe it's wrong it's based on the bible which is the word of god and you don't hold that regard for the scriptures now, the but problem, why don't I? Why don't I? Well, because you're a sinner, you need a savior, and you're desperately in no, need but, of being born again. Why? No, no. Why <laughs> don't why. I? Maybe I've seen something. I, I'm be. a sinner saved by grace. And one of your tapes. Let me let me ask you a question. How do you know that what you've been taught is right? One, because it's biblical. Two, because right. it squares. All right. With let me experience. ask you ask you a question. How do you know that the Bible is right? By examining its background. But how do you know the background is right? Well, you have to analyze everything to find out about truth. But how do you know your analysis is right? Because it must correspond with truth. What is truth? That's what Pilate asked Jesus. Well, I know what. And the answer is, Jesus Christ is the truth. And in what you're doing, you're denying it. No, but now, if Jesus Christ is the truth, yes. where do you find him that I may 
see him, and he may reveal himself to me. He has revealed himself to you through his word. You see, biblical revelation no, 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 no. is God talking to us. No, the, the word testifies. It awakens. It awakens. It leads you to him. Right. Jesus the word, said, I the word am is the not, truth. But the word is not him. He said, I am the truth. No, Walter, the, the word on the page is not him. Of course it is. Doesn't it just sound like a bunch of new age mumbo jumbo? Let's uh, continue to listen and hear how Dr. Martin tears him apart. But don't you just feel sorry for this poor man that he can't understand who Jesus is. But for any of us that have grown up, especially if you grew up in the 1960s or you were a teenager in the 60s and 70s and the New Age movement was so popular and there were so many people that you met that sounded exactly like this poor man. Anyway, let's continue to listen. Because if it's not true, it's a lie. I'll tell you. Now I'll tell you something. What is, what is one and one? Oh, well, let's not play. Well, what is it? No, it's very important. It depends on what the one it, and one is. See, and I'm, I'm not trying to trick you. Oh, I know that. You're not <laughs> going to. <laughs> one, and one, one and one makes two, doesn't it? Numerically, yes. Okay, now how do you know it makes two? I want to see your answer. All I want to see is, how do you know? Empirical verification of addition? No, the answer should be, I can see that it does. Empirical verification can, can is seen. Can you see that it does? In the mathematical sense, yes. You can see it. I mean, you don't have to have somebody tell you. No. You can see it. Right. It's evident. That's a truth, a mathematical truth, and, and you that is evident to itself, right? You say that unless you see Christ, it's not true? No. No, that's how I know. That in, this, in this universe, there are certain universal truths. If there's a plan of God for salvation of man, and those truths are there secretly in the ether, for the want of a better word, waiting there for a person to realize them, see? And the word of the Bible leads you to this ethereal truth, and when it awakens you, it testifies to... But according to you, Roy, we can't trust the Bible. It's just no. a massive word. I didn't say that. Now, you ask me how I understand the Bible. <laughs> how can I trust it? If you ask me how I believe the Bible, yeah. my answer is... It testifies to him that wrote it through men. In other words, it awakens me How do you to know realize that, that it's true. How do you know him that wrote it unless the word of God told you about Jesus? No, in every seeking human being, Walter, there's a yearning for God that eventually finds its mark in him. God is guiding every human being that is seeking him. He meets him halfway in a manner of speaking. But he's not going to contradict himself. And when I read the Bible... I don't remember words. The words start to glow. But God told you to remember them. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. No. He says right in there, study, show thyself approved by God. Yes. A workman who doesn't blush with embarrassment. He told us that his word was true. He told us that we were to judge our words and our thoughts by him. What I find in your writing is that you are always judging the scriptures and other people and other things, oh, I but never not by the word of God. I regard the scriptures very highly, Walter. How can you if you talk about going to the bathroom with them? No, the scriptures the scriptures are just words on a page. No, no they're more than that. You can burn them. They're the word of God. You're not burning God when you burn the Bible. No, but if God says something, his word is enduring. But the word is not in the book. It's in the heart, in the mind, deep. The word awakens you to that enduring, ever-present word in your mind. The mystery of salvation, Walter, is not remembering words, but realizing what words mean. There's a transference from knowledge to understanding. From faith you, in words, faith in knowledge, to faith in God. How would you You've got to be very careful not to have faith in words, Walter. 
I have because to it will lead you. It will lead you away from understanding and away from salvation. I have faith in the Word of God, and the statement that you make about Christians is is very difficult to uh, not all to Christians. Swear, not all uh, stated that it is imperative that you not believe that Christ is God. Otherwise, you cannot receive the salvation of God. Whereas the Bible says the direct opposite of Roy Masters. The Bible says that you must receive Jesus Christ as eternal you know, God in human flesh, you or know, you're lost. Do you know something? The problem with cults today is that people who try to be God, they, escaping from God, to be God themselves. This is a human condition. That's very true. It happens all the time. And nearly all of us want to be number one, but we become number two, if you know what I mean, the time we finish. But we all want to be number one. And this is the ego proclivity that Satan controls. Now, every person who wants to be God cannot dare realize truth. Because if you realize the truth, you see what a jerk you are. But Christ claimed well, let me, to be God. But listen to the point that I'm making. Gentlemen, I hate to interrupt, but yes. we need to break to allow our local stations to identify themselves. This is Richard McIntosh with Professor Walter Martin in the studio as Roy Masters from the Foundation of Human Understanding. Let's get back to our discussion. Well, I was just making a brief point because I could lay a lot of foundation under it, but I haven't got time to do it. But the basic principle of Jesus not being God, if he held himself up to be a God as a man, in, in man form, it would be a great barrier for people to return to faith, as I see it. Because in the cults today, you see the manifestation of men holding themselves up as God and people seeking models that they can pattern themselves after, that they might share the identity of the God they worship. You see, people are egotistical, and having lost the shape or the form of their creator by a breach of faith, by their egotism, they need somebody, they need something outside themselves, a god, something that has the attributes of the god, somebody with the character and the qualities they aspire to be. And they endow those people with certain attributes and character of the person that they want to be, and they bow down and worship it and become it. It's a way of becoming what they worship. It's a little game that they play. And if Jesus was to be like men are today and hold himself up as a god, he would find people involved with himself and not bringing people to the essence of God in themselves. Jesus came to bring people back to understanding, bring people back to faith, to be self-reliant, self-sufficient with the spirit in themselves. That's a very important point to make there. What you're saying is not in agreement with Christianity or with the Bible, point blank, because the purpose of Christ coming into the world was to save lost sinners. That's right. Now, he identified himself as God. The Gospel of John says the word was God. There is constant repetition. He said, if you do not believe that I am the eternal God, you'll die in your sins. He was very clear about that subject. And uh, if you read through the New Testament record, you find that there is a consistent disagreement with what you are saying. Which brings me to the conclusion of my own point. Uh, if we're going to talk about cults, which is the field of my specialization, uh, I would consider from the materials that I have read that the foundation for human understanding is cultic. I don't see how you could draw that conclusion. Uh, well, I draw the conclusion because there are consistent patterns in it and in your statements which uh, are obviously or do obviously fit the context of the cult. Well, let's show you our creed, shall we? You can't belong, you can't join, there are no dues, there are no classes, there are no courses. And the closest thing to an entourage are the people who work there. That's all there is to it. No. Now, 
The idea is not to identify. See, I myself see the danger of people identifying with a personality, with a church, see, with a concept. But they do identify with you, as TM does with the Maharishi, as uh, self-realization. They may, they may, but that would be wrong. And I'm sure, Mr. Martin, I mean, Walter, that people do the same thing with you. They get caught up with what you say, and they quote you. Like nice little Walter Martin robots. I've heard quite a few of them, you see. And I'm sure that they do you dishonor. Maybe you don't intend that, but if you have that effect, you can't help yourself because it's human nature to misuse people like Jesus or Walter Martin or Roy Masters who intends otherwise to bring them to the inner understanding of things so they may have faith in the inner word as is revealed every moment, if they live in the moment. Well, you see, people in TM, people in Self-Realization Fellowship, people in the Unity School of Christianity don't have membership, don't have all the things that you have, and yet there's nothing more cultic. There's the authority figure. You claim the heavenly call type thing or illumination. Uh, you the bugles sound the uncertain cry. Who's ready for <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, You uh, quote verses of Scripture, and uh, you gave an exposition of one just... Uh, the other day on one of your tapes about who Christ was, you pointed out some very severe criticisms of Christians, well, uh, that they weren't Christians really uh, if they uh, actually held Christian positions. If their understanding of Christianity is what they derive out of words in a book, quoting verses and chapters like a lot of robots, then I would say they've missed the mark. Roy, how does one get to heaven? Or is there heaven? Oh, yes, in the heaven. I believe a man should live forever. I believe that man... How do you know there's a heaven? I believe literally what Christ said. How can you believe that the Bible is, is nothing but how do you know? paper? How do you know? I know. How? I know. How do you know? Well, you have to have a rational have, basis for knowing. There's only, there's only two ways to know. is to seek the truth and it reveal it to your heart quietly. Or someone like Dr. Martin to tell you. Now, I'd much rather seek it in my spirit, in my soul, and have it revealed to me, and have that kind of original relationship that Adam lost in believing serpent you see so i'd much rather believe that and have that relationship because that's faith in that's faith in god and that's life a life of unbroken faith in the revealed word in your mind is what leads you to salvation he who endures to the end will be saved he who listens to this understanding as revealed to him each moment Adam didn't listen to that. He listened to something outside himself. You quoted something there. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Where'd that come from? It comes from a scripture somewhere. I read it. How can you keep quoting the scriptures? I love it. I (laughs) I know. How can you keep quoting the scriptures if the Bible objectively is not God speaking to us? Why do you cite it as if it was authoritative? Why not just uh, uh, quote the Upanishads and the Vedas or uh, something else? Why the New Testament? You use Christian terminology. Why not? Uh, This is the point. You use Christian terminology. It makes it appear as if the foundation... It doesn't offend you, though, doesn't it? It doesn't offend you. It offends me for one Uh, reason. It offends me for one reason. Why? That is, uh, you will come right out and quote Scripture, quote Jesus Christ, apply biblical principles, and then you will turn around and deny Jesus Christ, deny the Trinity, deny his resurrection. No, I don't. I deny. You don't believe you I tell you what I deny. Body, do you? I deny the Christ of the pseudo-Christian. The Christ of the pseudo-Christian is something conjured out of imagination, which is the worst sin of all. What, what are you referring to? Believe, to have walk around with a cross around your neck, to have a picture on the wall where you worship Jesus, to rehearse words over and over again as if, you can be heard for much speaking. Again, the Bible. You see, again, that to me is a stench to my nostrils. Well, of course, I can see where it would be a stench to your nostril because 
having denied Christ. No, I don't deny Christ. You have denied him. He, said, he, he, says, he says that he's God. You say he's not. Christ said he would come back from the dead in his own body. You say he didn't. I didn't say that. Oh, you have in your tapes. I didn't say that. On your Easter tapes, you don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. Oh, I do. You believe that Jesus Christ came out of the tomb in the same body that hung on the cross? Yes. The same body? Yes. So you're asking me now, I'm telling you. Okay, that's the point. <laughs> you got it straight from so me. I got it straight from you. That's fine, because I've got to go do. back. I've I really go do. Back. I really believe that. I've got to go back and listen to some other things then. All right. Because uh, it appears to me that you don't. No, honestly, uh, I do. Uh, well, I don't think you find me ever saying, denying that. Uh, well, if you don't deny his bodily resurrection, why are you having such I a hard time with his deity? I, I don't think he did it for himself. I think his father did it. He said, I will raise but my he, body. You know, when he was said, good sir, he said, don't call me good. There's none good but God. Oh, well, now that's a fascinating quotation. If we carried that to its logical conclusion, Jesus himself wouldn't be good. He said, of myself, I do nothing. It's the Father within me. He does the work. And he said, all men should honor well, the Son you know, and you can the take Father. Quotes. But there's plenty of evidence in the scripture that he's going to sit on the right hand of his Father. Well, I don't understand that either. If he's God, he can't sit at the right hand of himself. Well, both you, both you. <laughs> Unless he has a split personality. <laughs> no, no, that's Trinitarian theology. I know. But uh, you, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the Worldwide Church of God, uh, the Unity School of Christianity, Christian Science, all of you deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Well, they call themselves Christians, too. But nobody can be a Christian according to the Bible and historic Christianity well, if you deny Christ. That's only your interpretation of it. No. All right, gentlemen. Uh, let's go to the phones. You're on the air with the Bible Answer Man. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Uh, Roy, Roy, exactly what time is the Christian? Um, a Christian has no need for religion. I believe that Jesus Christ came to save man from the sterile formality of religion. A religion to me is like a penitentiary. Uh, when a person commits a crime, he goes to the penitentiary, he's surrounded by walls. The law, the Mosaic law, which I believe to be a true form of religion, surrounds the sinner with rules and regulation, lest he be further tempted and become less than human. The idea, the mystical idea of Christianity is to save man from his religion. And Christianity itself is not a religion. It's a salvation from religion where you're sort of free from rules and regulations, but you wouldn't hurt anyone because you have now been restored to the nature of God. Naturally, you would not hurt anyone. It is not in you to hurt anyone, and it's not in you to sin. That's my idea of it, a freedom from religion, a freedom from verses and chapters, a person becoming a person like a sparrow who knows how to be a sparrow without going to school. How is Jesus the answer? Well, if you look in your own life, and if you look around you, you see the human race is descending. It's going from a point of being better somewhere way back there to a point of being worse. And you see the reason why it's getting worse is because knowledge and the spirit behind knowledge is behind the deterioration of man. See, through the deterioration of his faith. Mm -hmm. Originally, God made his will known by the means of a tree. In other words, man could live either by the understanding in his heart and be guided, so therefore the bond between God and the Word and the heart would always be intact, and man would constantly be recreated and renewed by that Word, by response and obedience to that Word. Yes, 
I would like to speak to Roy Masters. Hello, hello. Hi. I would like to ask you one thing. Uh, you believe in one God or many gods? Well, it's obvious that I believe in one. Uh, I believe there's two, but that the other one's the, the bad guy. Uh-huh. Well, I, I have a question about that because uh, in your book, The Secret of Life and Death, 1970 edition, yes. you say that gods do not need to be governed and that... Uh, from the inherent choice which allows us to become gods. So it seems like uh, you believe in more than one god. No, the people, through choosing wrongly and pridefully, we try to become god. We try to emulate god himself, and we get caught up with the personalities. We become subject to our environment and subject to the persuasion, the dangerous persuasions of language. Mm-hmm. And we do. We, we're trying to become gods. I'm saying this is not... We're not supposed to be egotistical. That's a psychological word for pretending to be something we're not or trying to be something that we're not, trying to lord it over or play God in someone's life. We all have a, a very high ideas of ourselves. We maintain through lies and through the wrong kinds of friends and through the wrong kinds of study that pump our egos up. But the Bible teaches that if we recognize the fact that we're sinners, that we break the law of God all through our lives, and that the only way we can be restored is by God recreating us in his own image through faith Let in Christ. Let me ask you a question. Do you sin, Dr. Mark? Of course. Ask me the same question. Do you? No. Well, I mean, that's the difference between us. I'm but a how, sinner how, saved by grace. How are you saved if you keep sinning? Because God doesn't promise you perfection as long as you're in the flesh. I think if you read uh, John, Second John, it says that, that uh, we are meant to be perfect. No, the divine ideal is that man be a complete reflection of God. There's no doubt about that. But you are a sinner. You break God's law every day of your life. How so? You never lie? No. Never cheat? No. Never steal? No. Uh, You never look with lust upon a woman? No. In other words, you do not break any of God's commandments. No. Now, now may I give you a, uh, an do answer? Do you do all those things? Let me, may I give you an answer, okay? Uh, let me tell you, do you do all those let things? Let me finish first. Shame, I'm on, you, shame on you, Walter. Uh, <laughs> I will go one step further. All have <laughs> sinned and come short of the glory of well, God. Well, I, I didn't say I wasn't a sinner, did I? But you do sin. No. Sin. Now, wait a minute. That's illogical. No, it's not logical because I found salvation. If I found salvation, what have I found salvation from? Isn't it from sin? Thank you for calling. You're on the air. Okay. Would you please define Christianity to me, your definition of Christianity? Well, it's the ability to live by the revealed truth in one's own heart. Uh, The only way I can explain that is that, as I said a few moments ago to uh, Walter, that what's wrong with people in the world is that they doubt themselves. And everybody in the world has the ability to express what is revealed to them privately in their own hearts. The trouble is we doubt that inherently. And the power of language, the power of scripture, the power of politics, the power of suggestion, whether it's right or wrong, has a way of pulling on us, making us not believe ourselves, and recreating us in the way of the world, in in conflict with the self. So Christianity is the way where this problem of being seduced by language and by temptation and pressure of life is resolved, so that you can go through life unscathed by temptation. You see? Yeah, well, living, that's living. not really what I was trying to get, was what the word Christianity means. To me, it means to be like Christ, to be like him, to be able to deal with stress and temptations and evils with great dignity, never falling prey to doubt, never falling prey to pressure, never dramatizing. Why does God want us to be 
like Christ when he wants us to be like God, if Christ isn't God. Well, in other words, Christ was the example of God in man. See, God living his life through man and his will through man. But That's he, the example of the way we should be. Christ. Pardon? You know, you... No, we're not supposed to worship Christ. Well, then why is it in the New we're Testament supposed to believe him. No, we're supposed to believe him. That's very important. We have to believe that he is the one who was sent. And that only can happen to every seeking person. For every seeking person, for the same reason we know that one and one makes two without someone telling that it is. No, I think we have to We know that that, that no, is more also to it than that. There's much more to it there than that. probably is. Because Christ specifically received worship. And when Thomas worshipped him, he said, My Lord and my God. And Christ commended him for this. Because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Now, Christianity is not just a feeling or not just what Jesus is. Christianity is what Christ revealed and what the scriptures reveal about God. That's why we have a conflict with the foundation with human understanding is because you use the vocabulary and you talk about Christ and you say nice things about him, but when it comes right down to it, you don't believe that he was who he said he was. No, just the same. As I said, we have different in our views in that you intellectualize his words, and you teach it, and you expect people to follow like good little robots, verse and chapter, but never really experiencing the truth of it deeply. No, no that, is, that is a totally, as far as I'm concerned, a totally unrelated truth, no fact to it whatsoever. The truth is that a Christian who is born by the Spirit of God comes into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ and has the power from the Spirit of God to live an acceptable life. All right, but you said yourself that you sin and you lust and you lie. Because and you all mankind does. You mean you, you freely admit on the radio program that you lie and cheat? And I freely admit on the radio program what is a fact of Scripture, that all men transgress the law of God in one way in or another. In other words, you're justifying, you're justifying your behavior by all men. No, on the basis of Scripture. I know, but the Scripture says all men, and therefore you put yourself under the same heading. I but you said the same token, you said we have to live an acceptable life, and that is not an acceptable life. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't say an acceptable life. What I said was that Christ transforms us and gives us the capacity to please him and to walk with him in the light. But not if you lie, and not if you cheat, and not if you look Everybody fails along the path. There's a contradiction here, Walter. No, the only contradiction exists is Walter. that you're expecting perfection here now, and that's not what uh, the Scripture says. The Scripture says, be therefore perfect. No, it says, be complete. That's the greening of the Greek word, perfect. Be complete as your Father in well, heaven. Well, if you are complete as your Father in heaven, that's it, the ideal. Well, but it says, be, it's a command. You are to aspire to that ideal. But not if you can't get off the ground by giving up lust and giving up cheating and lying. But you, you have, but you, Where are you going to depart you from have, your imperfection? But you are imperfect. You're a sinner. No. I am becoming, as the scripture says I must, quoting your, your words, by learning how it is that a man might have faith in God and strength like an armor and a shield to go out and meet the world and not respond to the stress, not respond but to the still sin. anger or hate, no, that's becoming perfect. You that's, still, that's obedience. Roy, if, if God says don't hate you, if God says don't hate somebody, Roy, let's be honest. You are a person who breaks the law of God, according no. to the scriptures. No, Walter, you are. In other words, I admit it. Oh well, I don't. I know it. That's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference between us. I, I said I've been saved by that. I, I used to. No, I don't anymore. No, no. Let's go to another call. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. You're on the air with the Bible Answer Man. Okay. Basically, first I want to say something to Mr. Roy Masters, and uh, I believe that he's pretty accurate. 
and uh, some of what he's saying about not to rest our faith on words, because uh, words and arguments are nothing. They've been going on through eternity to prove points and all. But still, I think that he is mistaken on some of his points. He doesn't know the scriptures quite well enough to talk about them. But uh, my question first is for Mr. Martin. He made a statement earlier. He said that Jesus said, unless you believe that I am God Almighty, you will die in your sins. Jesus never said that. Jesus said that, unless you believe that I am He. Isn't that right? No, sir, it's not right. The Greek text says, Prenabraham genestai ego me. Before Abraham sprang to life, I am the eternal. Those are his I'm own not, words. I'm not talking about John 58. I'm talking about the other scripture where you said that Jesus said, unless you believe that I am he. You said, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am, the same words in Exodus chapter 3 and in John 8:58, you will die in your sins. Okay, but how can you match now? You've matched Hebrew and you've matched Greek. It's very easy because the Jews had a Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, which was used by Christ and known as the Septuagint, and the words are identical in the Greek. You know, you've forgotten one thing, though, Walter, because the reason why Jesus was put to death, because he was supposed to have held himself as God, which he didn't. And no, I'm the point stop is, you right wait, 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 there. Because, because <laughs> remember, remember, Judaism was the cradle of Christianity, and it was from Judaism that Christ rose to save man. Mr. Masters? Yeah? Okay, I want to make a comment. Well, wait, before you make a comment, let's punctuate this, okay? The whole teaching of the Christian church and of the New Testament and of the prophecies concerning Jesus of Nazareth taught that he was God in human flesh. Now, you may not choose to believe it, but don't say it isn't the text, because that's what the text but, says. But, Walter, the most important thing about salvation is to see it for yourself. And if we are just merely take a word of a mortal who's capable of lying and cheating and lusting after the flesh as you are. I mean, and you. No, well, not me. <laughs> not me. Well, you're perfect. <laughs> well, I've already discussed that point already, but it, we cannot simply take the word of language of a person. We have to see it for ourselves. It is only seeing it for ourselves that it becomes ours. It becomes life in us. Okay. It becomes right. faith. Okay, right. thank you for your call. We've got to move along. One question I have for Dr. Martin. After a person becomes a Christian, accepts Christ, accepts his claims, and he does sin, your, your point is that we all sin. Yes. How can we continue to sin but still be saved? Well, in 1 John, it states, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, keeps on, the Greek tense is beautiful, keeps right on cleansing us from all sin. In other words, we can go on sinning, and he keeps forgiving us, and if, go on if sinning. We, if we, keep, there's if something we, wrong with that. Let me finish. If we confess our sins. Well, then we confess it, and we sin, and we And then it. we repent. It's not to drive anybody nuts. No, it's what God says is the way we're supposed to live. Now, what you're doing, Walter, is justifying your... Um, your sinful life. You're dressing up your sinful life in more poetic language. And no, what, I, what, I, what I'm saying covering is... Covering it up in no, What I'm saying is... What that, good are you on the radio? What good are you to the drug addict, to the person who lusts after the flesh and feels terribly guilty of it, if, if you yourself are not that example? What, well, what are you going to say to let's, people Let's from? put it this way, okay? You're making it, or trying to make it, look as if because I'm a sinner... Automatically, that means that I can't tell anybody else 
what God says. I'm saying, let me finish, let me finish. I am saying that the Bible teaches we are all sinners, that we constantly need confession and repentance, and that as we progress through our lives, the Spirit of God will mold us in the image of the Lord Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Christians are not perfect. They are just forgiven and are given the strength to live for the Lord. What you do in the Foundation for Human Understanding and in your lectures and all your writings is to move sin away and put perfection in the front. You're right out of Christian science, right out of religious science, the whole idea. There's no such thing as imperfection in sin. Well, there is. And you're a sinner. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And know ye that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whoever sinneth has not seen him and never known him. Little children, let no man deceive you, that he that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the very beginning, and for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, keep going. It says, if we say we have no sin. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. It says, if we say we have no sin, we are not telling the truth. So obviously you're not telling the truth. I hate to uh, say, but that's very plain. It says, you can do whatever you like with it. I can do it. This is very easy to do with. The passage you read is from the King James Bible. If you read a modern translation, you would find out the tenses have been corrected, and it says, practices sin, not just commits it, but as a way of life. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even he is, he is pure. Right. In other words, if you go on practicing sin, you're not purifying yourself. No, I don't. You're it's corrupting. Pra- oh, wait, I'm right with you. Practicing sin is one thing. Committing sin is another. Oh, you're playing with words. No, I'm not. Let me illustrate <laughs> for you. If words. I throw a brick through a window, I have broken the law. I tell you much you'd Now, let do. me finish. If I throw a brick through the window, I would be committing a felony Walter, or something against the Walter, law. Walter. Now, let me finish now. I'll let you finish. You let me finish. Now, if I go around making the practice of throwing bricks through all the windows that are, then I'm practicing it. But doing it... The repenting of it and not doing it again. Walter, different. one of the marks of a false Christian is that he can't understand what the Bible is saying to him. And he justifies every wrong thing he does by certain passages which suit him. But now, precisely but what this, you do. This, but this language, That's my point. But this language <laughs> right. here is talking right. to you. We have to break <laughs> off here. Our guest on the broadcast is Roy Masters from the Foundation of Human Understanding. Dr. Martin, let's continue with our discussion. Well, I think what we ought to do is to look at some of the things which are puzzling me, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, relative to some of Mr. Master's writings, or Roy's writings. Before you go any further, Walter, there's one thing I'd like to hurl at you, if you don't mind, okay? Hurl away. This is your own scripture, right? Or our scripture. It says here in John 3, verse 9, it says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. The word is practice in the Greek. All right, well, it says here, you know, I'm not too bright, so I just have to read what it says. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he's born of God. And in the concordance underneath there, it says, this is one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. Do not try to understand it in the light of personal experience. Keep in mind that the above verse is speaking of a new nature, not the old nature, because the old nature is not born of God. The old nature is born of a fallen man, is depraved. You see, the new nature is born of God and is holy. It says, number one, the new nature does not commit sin because it's the product of the seed or sperm of God. The new nature cannot sin because of the divine nature of God and so on and so forth. And it's saying right there, 
a contradiction. I mean, if you just take it mechanically, any jerk could see that this says what it means and means what it says. And if Bible doesn't mean what it says, well, first taken of all, literally, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, all night long we've been quoting the Bible to you and you've been rejecting it literally, so I don't know why you've settled on this right now. Point Why not? That, so you asked me if I sinned, uh, and I said not, and you were very uh, surprised. Yeah, let, let me go on, okay? You're reading the notes anyhow in the Bible, not the text itself. Well, I just read the text. Now, I don't care about the notes because that's no, no, I read the text. Here's the text. Right, I understand the text. Whosoever Look. is born of God does not commit sin. How does do you not remember? practice sin all right. well, I don't. as a habit. I don't practice it at all. No, no, that's why it doesn't. No, you added the word habit. It says does not commit well, sin. The Greek text says practice as a habit. No. It says yes. I read the text. You don't. It says that. Oh dear. Well, then you you got something I don't have. <clears throat> I do. A very great bit of information on biblical theology, which you're missing. Well, I mean, isn't the Bible the inspired word of God? I believe it is. What's wrong with this one? Nothing. Well, then I'm reading it. If you no, say there's nothing no, wrong with it, whoever's no, born of God does no. not commit sin. We're, we're back on the same. It says track you cannot again. sin. No, it says practice sin as the dominating habit of life. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't say that. Well, no, it doesn't in the King and this James. Is your, listen, this is your Bible. Well, that has the, that's the King James. But this is yours, isn't uh, it? Roy, you're, playing, you... you're playing word games, and the word games aren't going to get anywhere because the passage is not saying that you can be perfect. The Scripture is not saying that you will not commit sin. You see, here, may, now, here, now look, let here's me something finish. you don't want to face. No, let me finish. Walter. I'm facing the fact that we're all sinners. You don't want to admit it. But what's important to me and that I want to get into is some of the things you that you You want to change say. the subject now. No, I want to get back to the text. Well, that's, this is the text no, that says, whoever's no, born of God no. does not commit sin. I have already, com I have, uh, with him and he cannot sin I have already commented on that, and I also quoted the same passage to you in there. In a different says, way. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You have said you don't sin. You are deceiving yourself. The truth is you know not in you. You know what you're doing to do? He's trying to confuse me. No, I could never do that. You know that you're done right. I think I think you know what you believe. <laughs> I, know. I know that. But, look, but you can confuse is, a lot of people, though. No, no, I think I think what we because they're do. very suggestible because because you're the authority. Uh, I think what we and have you have to degrees do. and they have to believe you. No, that's not the reason. It's why should it's, anybody what, believe you? Walter? It's whether it's factual or truthful. But why should anyone believe because you? Because I'm teaching what Christ taught. But you're not very credible because you sin and you have lust and you lie and you cheat. No, that is not. Listen, Roy. You're playing games with me, and I don't want to play them. I know I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's what the Scripture teaches. Saved from what? From hell, which you don't believe in. I do. Oh, no, you don't. You don't believe in eternal punishment. No, I don't believe I'm going there. I know. Well, I, think... I know you don't believe you're going there, but you are. Well, now you just, now you, now you just sent me to hell. Well, I haven't sent you there. But that, that's not very loving. You, know? you always talk about being loving and accepting. I always speak the truth. You sent me off to hell. Okay. I didn't do that to you. No. No. Because I, you have no I pray to. for your salvation because you need the Lord Jesus. I don't need it. I already have it. No. You don't have him. But listen to this. There's something important. Some of these are Jesus freaks, other fundamentalists, and some charismatic Christians. All are really hypnotized zombies. Christians such as these are very guilty human beings indeed because in using Christ in their wrong way, a greater guilt accrues to them along with a greater need to escape to post-hypnotically fondling melodies, crosses, verses, and chapters. Churchianity is a religion of escape into images and sounds, and not an embrace of reality as it should be. This quote is like that beautiful. This. No, it isn't. Beautiful. I think it's devilish. No, don't you? Because you're, to misuse of isn't it possible to misuse Christianity? No, you say is something. It not now you say something here that really bugs me. And I want you to comment on it. All right. Every wicked preacher who ever walked the earth preaches God's love for the fallen ego state. 
not from it. The ah. devil's masterpiece of rhetoric is that Jesus loves you as, as you, you are, are now. Hang on a minute. If that's from the devil, you're calling Christ devilish. Well, the person who represents that as Christ's message to the world is a liar. Now listen, I if, know if, that, if you're that's thief, why you're anti-Christian. No, if you're a thief, okay? Yeah. Suppose you're a thief, and I loved you as you were, would that make you a better thief or a worse one? No, this is not the problem. Question you must answer, No, please. I don't have to answer you must, that. Well, you, I, if you don't answer my question, I can't go anywhere with you. If you were a thief or a prostitute, and I loved you as you are, right? will you become more of a prostitute or a thief or less of one? If... If I loved you for we're the way not, you were. Not you, but I'm talking about God now. We're not talking about Roy Masters. No, no, no. We're talking about God. But if God, the kind of God that loves you as you are is not going to change you. Ah, He's going to support you. The kind of God that loves you as you are yes. is the God who sent his son into the world to save you from no. your sins. No, the kind of God that loves you are is the one that made you as you are, and he's the devil. Uh, oh, in other words, if The God, kind of God that loves you as you are it saves you. He rebukes you. See, the Bible tells you to rebuke your brother. To speak harshly to him concerning his sin, to awaken him so he may repent of it. And then he will love you in the changed way. But your quotation here very clearly states that Jesus loves you is a satanic masterpiece. No, you're not following what I'm saying. Now how does there Jesus two, love you? Remember the two Jesus, ones that the false Christian ministers hold up. Yeah. That's one Jesus, which isn't the true Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's a masquerade, it's a charade. It's you a, say so. Listen, the Bible says that. Many will come in my name and lead many astray. They're representing themselves. I think I'm to be. talking to one of them now. Well, I think I'm talking to one of them now too. <laughs> the, the, uh, well, either both crazy or one of us is right. I agree with you. And uh, you say on page nine of Be Still to Know, one of your pamphlets, quote, damn all the hellfire and damnation preachers. Absolutely. All right, then you've damned Jesus Christ because no, no one ever preached more on hell than Jesus did. No, 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 no. no. Jesus. I what do you mean, no, 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 no? The text says that. The text says it, Roy. I, I don't see him that way. I well, don't, he I said don't see him as a fundamentalist uh, a preacher, minute, screaming and hollering and scaring the living daylight out of everybody. Wasn't there something to be scared of? No. no. Look, no, if, Jesus, see, if Jesus preached I on hell. I see him the simple innocence of the plain truth. When a person is, hears someone who's coming from the right place, saying things very simple, testifying to what is always known in his heart so he can believe it. But, Jesus, but Jesus said, what? I will say to you on that day, depart from me to everlasting I fire. I have never known you. Right. You know the passage. Sure. Well, then obviously Christ preached on hell and he was a hellfire and damnation preacher. No, and you said, damn all the hellfire and damnation preachers. Yes. Does that include Christ? No, it doesn't. Because then it's not everybody. It's only those false representatives of His Majesty. Okay, <laughs> I, I got a couple of more questions from your books, and okay. I want to get them straight out. You know, you don't you recognize false Christianity? Is there such a thing as false Christianity? Oh, sure. Well, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm saying that the Foundation for Human Understanding utilizes Christian terminology. Isn't that nice? But denies the core of it, which is the Savior. Well, now let me say this carefully about the Foundation of Human Understanding. We don't call it the foundation of Christian understanding because we want it to be non-denominational. Because what we teach there is not the Bible. We let that person go and search the scripture himself, and so it reveals itself to him privately. I don't believe any preacher should interpret scriptures for us. I think we should read it with a viewpoint of really understanding what it says, so the Holy Spirit, which is within us, 
will reveal the meaning of the word. And now, who is the Holy Spirit, Roy? Well, well no, let me finish. The foundation of human understanding only teaches this. We don't teach any doctrine. And we don't interpret scriptures for people. But what you do all Roy the Masters are only speaking what Roy Masters sees and what Roy Masters believes. And if everyone wants to believe what Roy Masters says, because they also see it, God bless them. Yeah, but you do you know, preach, you do teach. I don't teach do anything. I don't teach anything. Sure you do. No, it's an unlearning. What you don't see, Walter, is that true salvation is an unlearning process. It's not a learning process. It's an undoing. It's an unraveling, like peeling the layers of onion. Only if the Bible is wrong. I don't even know what you And I have, to I have to make a choice between the Bible and what you say. And that's why I'm interested in what you said. In now, you have a choice between understanding and words. I choose understanding. Well, let me go a step further. Maybe you can explain this for me, okay? Yes. Quote, do you realize that people praising God in church are really praising themselves? Have you ever thought of that? Bearing witness to the fact that church exists for them? This fact is a very closely guarded secret. By whom? Well, nobody talks about it. Well, who's guarding the secret? Well, if you don't talk about it, you, you have a secret. You mean, you mean when people are in church singing hymns of praise and worshiping the Lord that... Uh, you just see how high people get when you, they go to church. Do you really believe that this is a praising of themselves? Do you know there's a praise the Lord group, and there are people who sing praises to the Lord, and in their mind they think, they get so excited because they think in their own selves that if they didn't praise the Lord the Lord wouldn't be Lord. And that the Lord is totally dependent on their praising him. Well, I'm, I'm not and it wouldn't exist with the, without them. I'm not, almost, not concerned with the aberration. It's I'm a concerned, sort of sickness. I'm concerned with the fact that you can make a statement that really is offensive to Christians. Do you realize that people praise to God To those Christians, Walter. Remember, to those Christians. Not a true Christian. To those types of Christians. But your definition of a true Christian is counter well, to the whole history would of the you church. Agree, would you agree that a Christian who goes to church and really gets high and... He praises the Lord and really is there thinking that everything exists for him, and he is the Lord of that church. Wouldn't you say that was a very bad Christian? That's not a Christian. No, and I'm saying that's the kind of Christian I'm talking about. Yeah, but there are Christians your idea like that, of you know. a Christian is quite different from the New Testament kind. No, but there are Christians who go to church and feel holy, and as though the church and all the stained glass windows and the music was there for them to make them feel holy like God. It's an ego trip of the lowest magnitude. Dr. Martin, though, isn't your uh, understanding of that is then they would not be Christians at all right. Right? if they were just going through the motions. That's exactly right. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you're calling them Christians. Well, I know, but they call themselves Christians, see, and I don't think they are. Well, I think that that's confusing. Well, Christians who call themselves Christians, who go to church and do these strange little ego trips and get high on music and stained glass windows and verses and chapters and miss the whole point entirely, most Christians are like that, if you want to know the truth, but they are not Christians. All right. What you say here, then, I agree with. They're church-directed programs. They act like Christians. Repeating the nice words of the Savior, they're caught up in those ideas which produce a religious chatter and an illusion of salvation perpetuated by ritual and post-hypnotically reinforced what the head right. has said. Okay? Now, right. they know about the Son, but their growing guilt makes them afraid of meeting him in person. Now, what I understand what you're saying here. But in the page 13 of Hypno-Christianity, you make this statement, which is extremely disturbing. Any idea you get caught up in, whether it is Jesus Christ or, forgive me, spaghetti and meatballs, right. is an idea, a hypnotic fixation that can introduce a new guilt at the very moment it takes your old guilt away. Right. Now, my question is, any idea you get caught up in, whether it any is idea. Jesus Christ, okay? Right. 
This can introduce a new guilt at the very moment takes your old guilt away. A hypnotic fixation because I believe in the Lord Jesus? No, because there are two kinds of beliefs. One, the hypnotic belief which springs out of the falling man. That's your theory. Well, I'm saying that human beings have an emotional, mental fixation to words and emotionally charged words, which programs their subconscious mind, and that is the spin state they live in all their life, conforming or rebelling against ideas induced in that fashion. However, if a person is caught up with ideas and concepts which come from language, emotionally charged language, it then becomes hypnotic and not conducive to true salvation. That's theoretical. No, that's actual fact. Your whole concept is that what we are seeing around us is something we've been hypnotized into. The true reality is beyond this. That's the whole idea. If you close your eyes, you find yourself in the midst of an imagination world like Alice in Wonderland. That's exactly what you're dealing with. For example, if you were born in Borneo, you would grow up to be you, Professor Martin, would no longer be Professor Martin. You'd probably be the chief... Witch doctor. <laughs> you, you probably would if you were born in Borneo well, as look, a cannibal. Look, if you if you sent me to hell already, then obviously I can't be offended if you call me a witch no, doctor. No, no, follow, follow <laughs> the point that I'm making. Follow the point that I'm making. That we are molded by culture. And the horror of what society has done to us makes the soul, this ego, afraid to face reality. And it buries itself in concepts and ideas and seeks newer ones to escape from truth in, because old ones cease to be sufficient. Well, I'll tell you, if just praising God is going to get you into a hypnotic state, I think we should it praise It very that. well do. Walter, if you've ever been to one of my seminars where I hypnotize people to show how easily people's minds are influenced, in my next seminar, I'm going to invite you, and I'm going to take some people from the stage, and I'm going to make Christians out of them right there and then, and you're going to see what asses they really are. In other words, what you're going to do is... I'm going to show that act like Christians, and they'll be praising the Lord to everyone and passing tracts around, but and they'll be totally hypnotized. But that doesn't make you a Christian. No, I was trying to tell you that there's so many Christians in this world are caught up in this terrible trap, thinking they're going to heaven, thinking they're being saved by Christ, and they've been tricked by the devil. Why? If they believe the gospel... Why could they be tricked by the devil if they trusted Christ? Because they have trusted knowledge. No, they have the still, Bible. They're still involved with language, and the language is from the mouth of the serpent. No, look, language it's to you. It's the sting of the serpent. Language to you is totally destructive, but Christ used language to give us salvation. The misuse of language. I am trying desperately to use language to awaken you to something you don't want to see. No, I know what I'm seeing because I know the gospel. You are speaking, you're not seeing. No, yes, I am. You think you're seeing. No, you're judging me. Interesting. You're judging me. You're telling me what I think. Have you, listen, which is quite different from knowing. Walter, you've put some pretty bad pamphlets out about me. No. The only thing that's ever Aren't you judging me? Aren't you judging me? The only thing that was ever put out by Christian Research Institute was You're telling a, everybody I'm a cult and all the rest. I said on the air that I think the foundation for human understanding is cultic. Aren't you, aren't and I you think judging that, me? And I think that you are a cultist. Aren't you judging no, me? No, I'm going on the basis of factual data. Can't a person discern what is before him without being accused of judgment? No, I don't judge you. I simply point out that your whole format is very cult. Whose authority do you speak? The authority of the research in the world of the cults. Only your authority. No, I think you would find that anybody who studies the foundation for human understanding would come up with the same conclusion well, if they I, were an expert in comparative I have, I probably have about two million people who would say otherwise. Well, and not anyone. No. I mean, anyone who believes in you yeah. would come up with the same ideas because they're caught up with 
Walter Lawson. Well, I think what we have to do is put both you and I and our teachings to the test of Scripture. And when we do, it is obvious that yours are the opposite of Christianity and mine are consistently Christian. I think we ought to go to the uh, lines because there are people trying to get to us. Thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Thank you. I have a question for Roy Masters. Hello. Hi. Through this discussion this evening, you keep coming back to your understanding, as God has shown you, understanding. And to my mind, everything God teaches you is in keeping with what is in the Scriptures. And in Proverbs 3, it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Well, no, your own understanding in that text is the intellectualization of knowledge. How do you know that? That's what it means. How do you know Because that? your own understanding is deceitful. Now, I want you to tell us, the audience and myself, how you know what that passage of Scripture means. How do I know? Yeah. The same answer as I always give you. Listen, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Let me ask you lean a question. Lean not to thine own understanding. Right. I don't lean to my own understanding. The understanding that I'm referring to is not thine own understanding, which is prideful, which is born of pride. The understanding I'm speaking about is revelation as revealed in the heart to the seeking soul. How do you know it's revealed? You know. How do you know? How do you know? Because you know. It's the ultimate. Well, we're back to the old circular argument. I know it's true because I know it's true. Because I realize it is so. But you think you realize it. Walter, do you know that the cause of mental illness and the cause of all suffering and the cause of all conflict and guilt and tragedy is because people don't listen to the revelation of their own mind. No, to they the doubt. They doubt what is revealed in the secret place of their mind. The world is always trying to snatch that away from you. Roy, keep you up Roy, Roy, that's what you believe and that's what you teach, but that is not consistent with the Bible. Well, it's as simple as that. Listen, Walter, when people find that they can't get satisfaction from your way of looking at it, they'll come to mind. Well, that being the case, Christianity will have failed and Roy Masters no. will have succeeded. No, if Roy Masters succeeded, then Christianity will have Imagine, triumphed. imagine Augustine, Aquinas, Scotus, Irenaeus, Martin Luther, Calvin, Zingli, Knox, everybody has been swept aside and we are at the altar of Roy Masters, understand Not so. That's where you got I, I say that you don't understand any of those men, that you can't even understand the words of the Bible when I read them to you. I not only understood them, I explained them. You changed them. You changed them, so they didn't say what they said. No, I simply pointed out to you that you were using an old translation. (laughs) You just just keep repeating it. I'll tell you what, bring me, bring me every translation, and I'll show you that it says the same thing. No, you won't. I'll show you it says exactly the same. Well, we'll be glad to supply you with the photocopies. All right, I think we should wrap up our discussion. We've been talking with Roy Masters from the Foundation of Human Understanding and with Professor Walter Martin. Roy, we'd like to thank you for stopping by. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We had quite a lively discussion, and I don't think I've seen any two men that could disagree more. I'd like to say one thing before I leave. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. That's our show for today. Anyway, God bless you, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. And don't forget, if you need to email me, you can email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com, and I will answer you. But remember, the most important thing today is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5.12, wherefore, 
as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men so that all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God knows that. But God will forgive you no matter what you've done. You might say, well, I've done too many horrible things in my life. Yes, maybe you have. But God will forgive you if you ask him. If you repent of your sins and you ask him to forgive you, he will forgive you. And he will give you a brand new life. A life of peace. Peace that you can't find in the world. So call upon the name of the Lord today. Try. Try the Lord Jesus. You will never regret your decision. God bless you. Blessed be.